Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Nazca Lines is the solo project of Michael Lovett, starting in 2012 with the release of his debut. After finishing a degree in illustration, directing a video for a single, New Atmosphere, touring as a member of Metronomy, and recording with Christine and the Queens, Lovett released his sophomore effort, Infinite Summer, in January 2016. With the band expanded to include drummer Sarah Jones of Hot Chip, Infinite Summer combines an interest in science fiction narratives with an unabashed love of pop music, taking the form of a concept record, a far future Earth, where an expanding sun threatens us with imminent extinction. In addition to all that, Michael is also the voice of the introduction of Sound and Vision. I met up with Michael in Brooklyn, where we talked about music, art, and life. Here's our conversation. I guess so. I guess we are. Okay, cool. I mean, we've been talking for a couple hours. We might as well start. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. <laughs> At some point, I got to hit go. Um, yeah, good. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, like, I started, like, doing a bit more drawing whilst I was here last time. Um, and then kind of kept that going a bit when, when I got home and then, and then stopped. But like, I really want to do some drawing, mainly because I really enjoy it. What like, kind of stuff? Well, I was, like... I was just like I was just sketching people just to kind of try and get blood back into it. Like, oh shit! It's just like 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 just draw, like drawing from life. Oh nice! But like um, but more for the point of view that like, I want to be able to try and do some kind of like illustration stuff like to do with around around my music or something. Have you have you always drawn? Yeah, well I I went to art school. And, um, did yeah I've always drawn but I've never like drawn as, a, as, a, as an end in itself right. like I've always been interested in like just the kind of like therapeutic uh, the release of drawing yeah just well, yeah or just like the kind of forcing it forces you to be quite kind of cri- critical and, and, and uh, non-precious and stuff like, yeah. and just like it almost like I don't like, like the fact that I've now got these in a book because I was like on quite a good flow of just drawing stuff and then I've now stopped and now those are things that I can go back and look at which is kind of almost should just be keep on going you know until you've until you filled it and then do, do something else but I, yeah I, I got um, finally read that Mobius and Jodorowsky Inkel mm-hmm. book which I'm willing to get for ages and it's just got a lot of like I because I, the last record was like kind of supposed to be a concept album type thing I don't know what the next stuff is going to be in terms of its concept but um, I'd like to try and make some visual stuff myself that would go with it or like try and like merge make the two. a story say what? merge the two kind yeah of which is always visual and the music yeah which I've already done a bit like in, in terms of like making a vid, you know video stuff but I'd like to actually because I, I I almost thought like oh I would love to have done the cover for the last album and actually you know I really realised that you reach a point where you've spent the past so many years focusing on one particular thing a bit more and, it's, and somebody else you know it's better to get someone who's been doing the same thing you've been right, doing right. for your music but yeah. 
you know, with their art, who obviously are going to be much better than you are at doing it. So there's, there's that, that kind of element. But also, I would just really like to try. And but as the reason why I mentioned that was because of uh, you can you can drawing listening to music is like or doing any kind of visual work and listening to music is so enjoyable. Yeah, and it's how I've got into and I haven't I feel like I haven't listened to music in the same way since I haven't been doing that because like I'm always listening to it either I'm making trying to make it and mm-hmm. I can't really listen or I'm listening to it but then not doing anything else whilst listening to it. Right, it's really good having that thing where you're just working working to it and it's just in the background yeah well, you know I when I first started doing animations I I soundtracked them like I did my own soundtracks to them because I can you know I can make music yeah yeah but then I figured I don't know it was just like I liked the idea of someone else doing it because it brings a whole different element to the work you know yeah of course and then I and plus and then I also had that thing where like well other people were better at it so and I know some people who are good at making music so why not work with them you know on the music well exactly and then it's it's always nice because then, then it's more than the stuff of its parts and, you, and stuff happens which you wouldn't expect but exactly I, I guess I just need to I, I need to to be reminded of that like or like I need to try and do it myself for a bit and then be like I'm oh, no, actually better if somebody else did yeah did but if, if it's a if it's from the genesis and it's your vision then no one's really probably going to get your vision better than you will you know as far as like what you want it to look like and then if it gets to the point to where you're like, oh, I just can't make it look the way that I my sort of ideal vision of it is, and then you yeah. just call in the backup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're exactly. like, hey, can you do make something that kind of looks like? I don't know. For me, I love collaborating because it it just I feel like I'm always going to get something that's slightly different, and maybe a symptom. I'm sure you're well. You're much more collaborative in the sense that every time you play a show, you're playing with people. You yeah, know, yeah, as an artist, most of the time you're just sitting there by yourself in a room. So collaborating is really nice because it gets you out of your little cave and you can yeah, interact with people, you know. I guess as an artist you don't really collaborate in the same way. Like, is it less usual? It's more of a thing, isn't it, if you kind of collaborate with somebody? Because as an artist you're normally making your work. And yeah, there's not much collaboration in general. I mean, there's a few people who collaborate in their practice but it's not a common thing because it's such a an ego like one voice kind of like this is my work you know yeah and i don't know that idea of collaboration i feel like is somewhat i don't know if it's frowned upon but it's just not that common because you kind of it's just such a singular vision that people have and then being in the studio is kind of a you know there's there's not many artist collectives you know where they're working all together on something yeah. and that's the work so I, I just think it's part of the it's born out of the process and the ideology of it but I mean there are people who collaborate I mean for me I rarely collaborate visually but I do once in a while but it's usually with audio because that's something outside of the visual element of the work so it's a lot yeah. easier to collaborate in that way yeah um, but art school did I know that you went to art school? I don't know I must mention at some point I, I did yeah I did like a uh, that was my main. Um, I was always like really into, into music, but then I went to do art foundation when I was like nineteen, which is when you do do you have the same same thing over here? You just do like a year, yeah, and choose stuff. And then I specifically was like, I'm not going to go and do. I don't want to go and study music because everyone who studies music ends up being a bit lame. Basically, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and all the all the musicians who I really liked went to art school. So I was like, well, 
let's keep up this guise of being a, a studying art so that I can you know hopefully I'll meet some cool musicians or something yeah um, and yeah and then I, I did like I went I did like a a year on the drawing and painting course in Edinburgh which just kind of happened by accident in a way I was always I was like really into <clears throat> I was into kind of I thought I was into illustration and like I was then I was into printmaking and it took and then it actually in the end I went and studied like properly studied a three year course in illustration in London at Camberwell and then only in the last year I was like ah oh, video mm-hmm. that's like that does what I that feels good you know that feels in, interesting because it's not I was never like satisfied with just I was never good enough at drawing to be like oh this is just my finished drawing and I was never satisfied with it just being a piece of drawing on a piece of paper or something it never yeah. really made any sense and have any application to it and I was really, really into printmaking but that was too like boutique but it had the same thing of like that removal like, I really like that with video stuff you always have stuff on the screen you just get that removal from your from your hand or your it's mark it's like the process yeah the process evident. immediately takes it and becomes something yeah the, well the process is evident in yeah the process is really uh, process is really evident in um, drawing obviously and mm-hmm. then when you translate that into a print it becomes kind of more like emblematic and becomes something else that isn't it could be associated with something else it's not just your hand yeah and then same with the, with the video like you can put everything in there like you can do and that's the thing is I really like making stuff like I was always really into like sculpture and things and so I did like a the video I, the video for New Atmosphere is like my end of year piece for my degree basically which which was like a combination of like I was building like I was building stuff like there's this kind of a there's a Blade Runner type cityscape thing in that which was basically like a I built this um wooden set that was like probably like five feet high or something and then and then projection mapped onto it ma- 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 like made the projection animations mapped onto it filmed it like huge amount of help from other people like a friend like yeah. dp'd it and laser cut these other buildings which were like light boxes so like a lot of building stuff and then i was like also making motion graphics for it which were really bad like they weren't very good because <laughs> they were me and i didn't <laughs> and, and then i ended up i ended up getting a friend to make really good ones like mm-hmm. for the final version which was much better um, but yeah it was kind of it's a little bit jack of all trades master of none but it was really fun like doing all that kind of stuff so yeah so but then at the same time I was like I released my first the first member Mastermind's record like when I was halfway through the degree at Hamburg and started it probably before I started the degree and then yeah the, the second one was like whilst I was was making the the majority of like I felt like I was making the majority of it whilst I was on the last year of the course but then actually it took another year to finish it probably because I was I think in my mind I I'm, I can do the two things simultaneously but in, in reality actually it's really hard to do <laughs> both, both at once yeah. like you need to like you kind of have to like whilst I was doing my finishing the course and like thinking about visual making stuff I wasn't really focusing on the music in the way that I needed to and it took another year to actually like of just focusing on the music to get it done yeah so it's like kind of yeah you do have to like focus focus yeah (laughs) what about when you were working on was it a video class that kind of got you into was it a specific class that you took that got you into video motion graphics or no it was like I'd done like a um well I mean I was never I was never good at motion graphic stuff I just kind of dabbled but the yeah, it was, what was it? It was like I was. It's actually that I was. 
I got really into um, like Interstellar five 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 the Daft Punk mm-hmm. um, collaboration with the uh, Ray Ryuchi the guy's name really famous it was the Jim anime Jones, the anime yeah. one yeah and that was really cool because they'd done a to see that they'd done a film for the whole album and that the album was kind of quite the, the album's kind of quite ambiguous that record like mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a great record but like you don't think sci-fi anime right. story when you hear it but the fact that they it all made sense in, in that film and also it all makes sense when you listen to it and yeah it was a great kind of that was great to see and then I was like, oh, I'm going to try and do like an animation. Mm-hmm. And obviously it was like way, and I was like, it's not easy. No, yeah. And I was yeah. like, how, you know, and, I, and it was obviously really pie in the sky, but I was like, I'm going to figure out a way of making it happen. I was speaking to a friend of mine who was an illustrator and and then actually went and had a, like a, a meeting with this guy. There's this really cool guy called jo- Johnny Hardstuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's his, his, his real name. His real name. name. <laughs> he's... Um, <laughs> He's not a porn actor, <laughs> and he's uh, he works for he at that point he was on working at Ridley Scott Associates mm-hmm. RSA, which is mm-hmm. Ridley Scott's production company in London, and which my friend uh, was working for at that point, and also he was a friend of um, the head of our course at Camberwell, and he'd come and he came and did this like really great talk, like which is really inspiring about just he's a, he like does adverts and his own films and like he's really into the kind of you know really Scott dystopian vision of sci-fi yeah. and like draws shitloads like draws his own storyboards and designs stuff for his films and he's just like a really in- in- interesting guy and um, and I went to have like a I managed to get like a little tutorial kind of with him like a little mm-hmm. crit and he was just like oh you should you should just like make this as a live action thing like you should sack off trying to make this as an animation you know just do it just do it like do it with people yeah and I was like oh I'd never you know that I'd not thought thought about that because it just seems so difficult to try and do that kind of the world of the fantasy science fiction world thing but it's actually and I yeah it all kind of ended up coming together because I found there were really great people who I collaborated with who had got in touch previously because of the music who had Mm -hmm. been like into doing something together like a guy based here who's a really amazing motion graphics compositing guy and like friends who yeah I'd done like music video kind of things with friends before and like just yeah piecing it together and that was yeah so it didn't come through it came through like wanting to do a narrative thing and then and then speaking to him and then it kind of and it really wasn't much to do with the course apart from they were encouraging that I do it and they had an amazing they had like it was a cool place because I don't know what it's like over here but you, you could really like um just cross pollinate across um you know if, if you were on illustration if, if you wanted to you could go and use the photography studio which was actually like a really good room mm-hmm. that um had a load of lights and stuff and if you had the right induction and booked in the time you could go and use it and like i shot a load of stuff in there like this the set thing i was talking about and like they've got like dark rooms and i shot a load of like um cloud tank stuff there like for for some of the actually some of the live visuals I show you yeah with the clouds kind of organic shapes yeah yeah Yeah, that's all just stuff that I shot like um, which took me like a really long long time like trial and error to get the right like setup but that was like yeah shooting shooting injecting double cream into a fish tank oh really that's how you did that yeah yeah and and like and then it was the perfect place to do it because they have these big dark rooms with like massive runoff trays and you can just 
set it all up and it's you know you can empty out the water and you can refill it and yeah so that yeah it was a really good um and then also there was like a 3d workshop with like a laser cutter and mm -hmm. um and like you know all the different kind of workshop tools so you could actually if you wanted to you could go and use all this different stuff which i think is really important for yeah that's really art great schools. you had a lot of resources so much so much resources and it was this nice kind of yeah like polytechnic kind of feel yeah art school whilst edinburgh was very different it was actually much more like if you wanted to go and use the sculpture stuff you had to go and like ask permission ask permission and yeah, they were yeah. really like skeptical and i wouldn't want you to go and do it and no one like everyone was supposed to stay in their own yeah but it had this kind of like a bit of a it felt like it was up its own ass a bit yeah like it was it was it still thought it was some kind of special art college like right when it wasn't yeah <laughs> i think nowadays it used to be like that here for sure more frequently i think nowadays it's a lot of schools have converted to art schools instead of just like you know really? the school of painting or the school of sculpture you know and separating things out i think now it's becoming a little more interdisciplinary i mean interdisciplinary is like the the sort of um institutionally i think is a really sought after you know, term to describe a department because they like this idea that people can come in and learn different things. And, you know, when art students go out into the real world, they might actually get a job or they could actually do something that could yeah. pay a bill or something, which I think yeah. a lot of schools like that prospect as opposed to sending out, you people know. have just been told to think for themselves for the past three years, but without any real... Real world applications. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's, that's a real tricky, tricky one, whatever, you know whatever kind of art you're studying yeah it's hard to apply it um, yeah and I was I mean Alina um, my girlfriend was saying how when she was at Parsons like you get taught like you actually get taught stuff like yeah. we really didn't get taught how to use any programs formally I mean a little bit of illustrator training or whatever but yeah like that was real you know it, it, the, it worked for me because I had my own agenda and and also to be honest if everyone had been trying to do what I was trying to do, it wouldn't have worked. It kind of worked because I was one of the, probably one of the only, not one of the only people, but like one of the few people who wanted to do a lot of different stuff. And, yeah. But no, it wasn't like, if everyone had been trying to use all the different things at the same time, it would have been really hard. Yeah, chaos. Yeah, chaos, exactly. So it's difficult to maybe formally have a school where that works as a system. But, yeah. Was but, it, so when you were making your music in school, was that the first... Um, sort of like music that you were making formally as your own band in a way or were you doing stuff early on um i was doing stuff for like like when i did you have an emo phase <laughs> definitely yeah yeah i was really into the, the, the smashing pumpkin <laughs> i had a yeah i had a school band yeah a bunch of school bands which and it was like much yeah it was like my emo phase was like American yeah, introspective mid nineties American yeah. rock influence kind of stuff yeah. and like Muse and, and then yeah and I was like making I'd like record stuff and and like had a kind of a had a you know like like a not very good tap tap tower computer and would figure out a way of which I think like, I was talking to my mum about this like it went back to like I was hanging out with my friend Richard when we were like nine or something and we had this Panasonic double tech double deck tape player that was always in the kitchen mm -hmm. and if you put in two tapes and you recorded onto one of them and then you it had a built-in in microphone so if you recorded onto the second tape but you like half held down the fast forward button then it would he would record and then you sung over that or whatever you did something over, over that recording then it would record both 
the tape and the record and the microphone mm-hmm. onto the next tape at twice the speed. Right. So you get this kind of like chipmunk thing. Yeah. So like we we'd like keep doing that with the tapes to get like uh, these stupid like songs of like you know hamster voices. Yeah. You know, but un- under like a beat from a Yamaha keyboard. So that was like that was really the the gestation ground for what I would like. It's to. funny, little kind of goofy things like that can spark a real interest. And in, you know, I had I remember one of the first. I had an SK one, a Casio keyboard. It was like. Uh, yeah. Is Not, that the? What, what is it? Like, is that a like little a, white one, and it had like yeah. a sampler on it, or maybe maybe the next. I had the next version. I had the SK one, and you then the I had sampler. I had the, the Casio with a sampler on it, and it only sampled like three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> but you could but sample and then play everything. And at nice. that stage in my life, that was amazing. You know, like having a sampler, no, where you could play around with your voice, and you know, it was just we would play all day and do goofy stuff with it and but you know that that was kind of like the genesis of of playing around with like thinking about recording and all that stuff you know yeah because and and it's it's immediate like you get that immediate response yeah uh well i I remember the first time i soloed with it actually it was actually in brighton when i was visiting my my brother who's a who's kind of i think a lot his, he was responsible for me playing music a lot because I was he was always playing playing music, um, but him and Joe uh, Mel were like living together in Brighton and yeah I went there and it, he had this sampling keyboard it was yeah. the one with the detachable one I oh, that, that was yeah, a later yeah. one but I know that. I I, that I've actually got the the thing with the SK one somewhere at home but he had the detachable one and I was like this is blowing my mind yeah <laughs> you, you can record your voice and just play it on the keys and like, that's yeah. so cool. Um, yeah, but then, oh no, and I, oh, so I, yeah, I did, I did like bits and pieces, and I did, even did like some things that were a, weirdly actually the, because you know, I had this girl Charlotte like, playing with me, mm-hmm. one of the photograph of the three of us, yeah. Charlotte apparently like, I was really into her solo record when I was like 17, and um, because she was playing with this band Ash, and then she made, made this, 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 um, it's like really like choppy kind of, like pop songs but like loads of different sections and like weird time signatures and loads of pushes and but it's all her it's it's not actually all her it's it's no it's her and drummer and but it's i was really me and my brother were both really into that and then i made some demos with my brother where i was playing drums for his band your 20s which i then played in and then after that i was like i want to do that for myself so i made some demos where i was like playing on a on a (coughs) on like a four track where i was playing the drums and all the guitars and stuff and there were these like yeah really kind of angular pop songy things and so I did yeah and then I, then I was just playing in different bands like my brother's band your twenties and uh, had a band called Taking Ta- Tiger Mountain mm-hmm. Brian you know record <laughs> of course which, yeah which is pretty good we had a, we had a good a lot more a lot more like fun and happy than you probably would assume yeah from music that I would later make but you know but uh, yeah and then. Nascalines was like the first time I was like doing my, just, my just thing you. myself. But it was with this guy Charlie, um, uh, kind of pushing me and pushing me in a particular direction, kind of like producing it. So mm-hmm. it was like me taking old songs that I had in different stages and then reworking them with him. Like that was actually my first instruction, like synths and stuff. Yeah, I only really use like bits of keyboard and F D S K one and. Mm-hmm. But he, he had like a mini moog and I was living with him at that I, I moved in with him because him and this other guy James we 
we, yeah, we played in this band for a bit, and I was living with them because I needed, needed somewhere to stay, and then ended up just re-recording a load of stuff on the mini moog and it just kind of, yeah, went Wind from there, really. Yeah. Gradually pieced it together, and yeah, I, I learned a lot that I hadn't known before, like how to, I'd never like known how to make something finished, you know, like yeah. actually record it and mix it and then get it mastered and. The final, getting the, the final version of something. The final, yeah, yeah. I'd never like that's. Like, I don't know if there's a. Like, do you have that with, with painting? Like, is there a kind of a I guess because it it could be a final version at any point, or is there? Because your paintings almost quite kind of print printmaking. Yeah, I always thought. In a way, yeah. I mean, they. I kind of know generally what they're gonna look like when they're done because I do sketches of them. Yeah. So yeah, I always know when stuff's done. I don't know what it is. It's just like I get to a point and I'm like, that's, that's ready. And I know I have friends who, you know, will work on things and bring it out, put it aside for like a couple months and bring it back out and work on it, you know. And a lot of abstract artists who, you know, just like to push and pull and keep working into things that they can go on. I think sometimes those paintings are done whenever they have a show and it's just got to go for the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's when it's finished. I did that with a project, the portrait project I did, where I did 333 portraits. Yeah. And um, that ended when I had a show. It was shown in Berlin. The only reason I basically wrapped it up was because I had a show of them, and I was like, all right, it's time to send them. And then I just stopped making them. And after but that the, point, you didn't pick up on it, of course. It's like, that, that is done. That's done, yeah. I mean, I've done other portraits, but not like that 9 by 12 inch specific modular project, you know, that scale and that size and... So it just, it felt like, okay, I worked on it for three years, so at that point it was like, it's, it's, right, so huge. it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's good to have a footnote on something. Yeah, and I did another show, I had a show in Japan while I was working on that work, but, you know, during that time, and I kept working on the portraits too, but when I showed them, it was, I felt like it was time to, to, to finish it. It got yeah. to that point where it was like, okay, I can't do anymore. <laughs> Even though when I first started it, I figured, well, I'll do maybe 50 and then I'll run out of people. But it was amazing how I could just, there's, the idea was like, these are just people that are in my head that I'm either influenced by, interested in, or just in the news or, you know, people in my consciousness, I guess. And, and I thought, you know, I'll just do, you know, 50 of them or so and I'll run out. And I just kept going and going every day. It was like, oh, I could do this person, do that person. It's kind of a fun project, you know, and I could probably do it forever and never run out of people. Yeah, you know, which it's is amazing, really. It's there's a lot of people out there doing stuff. What what kind of like, what was the range like? Did it did it go from range from people who you was it people you knew personally to someone who yeah. you saw on the news one day? Yeah, it was like it would be you know, like my brother to Bill Clinton, to Chris Rock to you know Chuck Close or it was all sorts of people. You know, anyone that just popped in. The reason I did it is because everyone would see my work and say, oh, you must like. Ed Hopper or Sheeler or Alex Katz or like certain they would look at my paintings and think oh you must like certain painters yeah. because this looks kind of like that and um, and there's so many people who are an influence to me that look nothing like their work looks nothing like mine I was like how can I let people know that I'm not just interested in these five artists or whatever you know and then I kind of thought well maybe I'll just start painting people that are in my head you know and the first one was Ornette Coleman because I was listening to a birthday broadcast of his where they were playing his music for like a couple days straight and I really liked it and I was like well maybe I'll do a few more and then three years later 
it was time to, to draw close on that chapter. But how, how did you choose the images that you like? <coughs> did you draw them from like paint them from images? Or yeah, they were just on from online. I just googled images of people. Did it kind of? Did you make a support? Did, did you make a particular selection of those? Do you think you made a particular selection of the image with which you painted based on whether you'd seen it before or whether it seemed it seemed like a common image you'd see of them or like one which you maybe was more intimate or like what? I think it depends on the person. Like if it was so, like well, if it was someone who's really famous, then maybe I'll try to find a photo that's not too iconic or something a little different. Yeah. But if it's like an artist that no one really knows what they look like, but they know their artwork, then it didn't matter. I would just use any picture. But I think I just would Google them and find one that looked good. Yeah. Copyright issues be damned. Like, I didn't even <laughs> think of that. I was just like, use the picture and paint it, you know. Fair use. Didn't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, but one thing about your brother. Yeah. Is he older or younger? He's, He's older, older yeah. right? He's like seven years older than me. And is he involved with music? Yeah, he's really involved. Well, he, he was he was in... Yeah, so he, he was always making music, like, much more kind of... Uh, he's much more in, involved in it than I was. Like he was kind of doing proper like bands when I was. He was always like doing proper stuff when I was younger and like playing. He had an amazing band called the, the Upsides with with Joe from Bishonomy and this guy James, who was in a band called um, Ultimate. You know, a band called Ultimate Painting. No, I don't. They're, they're really. I mean, they're they're really. He's you know, if he ever listens to this, which he won't do. Um, he has a certain kind of style. He's like very Bella Underground kind of influence. Like, he's very good, but he's very like he he has his thing, which yeah. he does. But they're like other type of painting do very well. Like they come over here and play. There's like a big scene of that kind of stuff. And, and he was in a band called for, for, for Veronica Falls, mm-hmm. who were more popular. Um, anyway, so they they had this great super group when they were like eighteen, and then Gabe went. My brother Gabriel went went on to do. Um, uh, a band called The Customers with with Joe playing drums and then whilst he was doing that Joe started Joe was like producing his own mu- music and started producing that as Mishronomy and then Gabe kind of played the he started a live band and he played in that until it kind of became a bigger thing at which point he then left to do his own thing Joe Twenties which I was playing in which kind of didn't really pan out in the way he thought it would do which is kind of weird just like didn't really too so I think maybe too too much waiting too too much thinking you were playing the game but not actually releasing music and then yeah it kind of I don't know it's just kind of weird really anyway so he did that and then and then um, and then started doing a band called Nightworks kind of after that which I think he felt was more of the direction that he, he wanted to go in. and then he released an album after I he's yeah he started the album before I released my record. Mm-hmm. my first record and then he released it after I released my record so it was kind of strange yeah but um, which is it's really great it's like very kind of pre-rap sprout like Steely Dan kind of influence like yeah like kind of like really good songs like musically very sophisticated and he's um, based is he in London? he's based in London he's based in Margate now mm-hmm. which is the the place everyone's talking about that does yeah <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And he's uh, yeah, and then he he also he really most recently has been playing in with Christian Christian and the Queens, who whose album we both played on yeah, um, and uh, yeah he's been playing like as as her guitar player for the past few years while she's been touring, and I just took over for the last 
the, the last bit of it because he, he, he had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was to tell into that. Yeah, so, so yeah, uh, older, older siblings legit, legitimizing. Yeah, it was always, yeah, he, he was always like the, the, you know, the kind of, I, I, I looked up to him a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, don't anymore. <laughs> no, I, 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 I still, I, I still, I still, still do. But it took a long time to get past the kind of him being the older brother kind of right. guy. Like uh, when I moved to London, like definitely a good probably four year, four or five years or so before, like I was a person in my own right. I think, yeah. or I felt like I was in in, in the shadow. Yeah, definitely in the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, he is how you came to start playing with metronomy, I guess. Introduced you to... Well, yeah. I mean, or yeah, was that pretty much. I mean, well, more that I, I knew them for, like, like Joe. Yeah, I went to school with Joe, so I knew him, but he was, Joe was, like, five years old. And he's yeah. like, you know, at that age, he's, like, in a different, on a different planet. So, yeah, I, I knew them all from the same time that Kate did, but they're his friends, you know, initially. So, yeah, it was through, 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 through him. Basically, um, when did you start playing with them? Twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen. Yeah, so it was after. Yeah, it was after I finished school, and then I was. Um, I kind of had a bit of a. Yeah, Joe asked me if I'd play with them, which was like really exciting. Yeah. Obviously, at that point, I was like, I was like, oh, does that? Uh, I was like really, really big time, and I was like, oh, well, and I asked this manager like would that would this involve money as well <laughs> I was like I literally didn't even think that I right. like I, that that was like I hadn't even thought about being paid for it was just weird yeah, yeah. I, I was like does this do I get paid for this well? he's like yes yeah. yes you would do <laughs> um, but uh, yeah we, we, so that was really exciting but I mean it obviously was a big amount of time you travel a lot for that so much yeah 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 I mean I've never it was kind of weird I skipped from like being just doing doing my own gigs and like schlepping stuff around um, in a in this had micro we were touring at one point that was that was pretty cool yeah we, we could get speaking of your touring experiences like we could get everything we needed in the back of a Nissan micro plus the yeah. pl- and a driver so four people <laughs> and all the gear that we needed yeah it was very minimal but uh, that's the good thing about having laptops I guess but we uh, we uh, um. Uh, what was I saying? You're talking about that. Oh yeah, touring. Yeah. touring oh yeah, yeah. So then I skipped straight from to doing that to, to basically getting getting on a bus and yeah, and having a tech and stuff. And that was pretty. Other people handle. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Stuff. Like fast track, going from one to the other. Is so, it now? If you ever do have to lug your own stuff, is it kind of like flying first class, where it's hard to go back to coach? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. That's the thing. I, I really don't. It's like it's all the same. Like it's it's yeah. Then it's great when you when you get the first class ticket. Yeah. But then I mean no that well you know no one wants to fly in coach. Right. But it's fine listing your own stuff. Yeah. In fact, in, I don't mind coach. Know. I don't mind coach. Exactly. That's I thing. mean, I'd rather be in first class, but coach is fine. I've been lucky enough to fly business class because of purely because of um, just being upgraded. Yeah. Like and then when you get more MRs, you get like the first time I saw the. I had no idea that airline lounges existed like the first time that oh yeah that that's nice Anna was like come into the lounge I was like what's that and I came in and I was like 
Wait, this whole is free. World. Yeah, it's like a secret world. Yeah, I know. I, was like, I made myself drinks. sick. I was like, I, I, I had all the. I was like, I've got to try the whiskey. I've got to try the work. And there's prosecco. And it's there. free. And the it's free. I can't believe. Yeah, I was. I was so excited. It was. It was insane. But then I think yeah, I was never able to get over the feeling of guilt when I was in um, yeah. the, the business class. So you think all the people up there in first class are relaxed just because it's comfortable? <laughs> it's because of the lounge. Relax, yeah, exactly. Relax that relaxes you before they get in. Yeah, they get in there and they don't even need that first class seat yeah, exactly, by the yeah. time they're done with the lounge. I've been wine and dined. So um, the one last question I have, real quick, about the family. It seems like a musical family was a lot of music in the house growing up. Is that where you got the bug? Uh, yeah, a lot of music, but like very specific. It's interesting. People have different music that they would play when they were younger. Like for instance, my friends were played. Like ten CC and stuff, or like, or like um, ABBA and things. We, we 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 didn't have any of that. It was more like, yeah, oh, was, you know, like, like a wholesome diet of Beach Boys, Beatles, like a lot, a lot of White Album, mm-hmm. uh, Rubber Soul. My mom used to play Annie Lennox a lot in the car. Have you know it? Oh yeah, Annie Lennox. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet dream. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah. so, I mean, like there was an album. But not yeah, not a bit eurythmics, but lots of like her solo stuff, like there's an album called Diva that's pretty yeah, pretty strong, and uh, other stuff like Bob yeah Bob Dylan and actually lots of my brother's music like my mum had a tape of my brother's band that she'd play a lot in the car when we were driving to school, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got to listen to that a lot and uh, um, yeah and like piano you know but my mum was in really into music but and played a bit of piano but not not like massively. Like she, she got, yeah, she was actually, I was recently back, recently visiting my brother's uh, new, new son, new mm-hmm. family. Yeah. Um, and our mom was there and we were kind of having the, you know. Your nephew? My nephew. Otherwise known as your Otherwise nephew. Otherwise known as my nephew, my brother's <laughs> son. Otherwise known as my nephew. <laughs> Cassius, Cassius Stebbing. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, my mom was, you know, chatting about, you know, talking about that kind of, when we were younger and we were talking, talking about, you know, whether Cass would, I was asking, you know, like, well, wait, what's the point of it? I mean, you're kind of well, well be able to tell me about this, I'm sure, but like, what's the point at which you decide to kind of push them in a, you know, give them lessons or mm-hmm. in in a musical sense, like, yeah, like, yeah, is there a point at which they just ask you for it, or you kind of go, oh, have you thought about playing the guitar or like what you know, and and she was just saying that my my brother actually cello is his first instrument, mm-hmm. and he was just like really, he was like, I want to play the cello, apparently. Just demanded it. Wait, just how did he become I familiar with the cello? Because a lot of times I think kids play in- the instruments that are around the house. Yeah. That introduces them to the idea of music, you know, but then they they take it from there. Or they get, you know, if there's a piano around, they might tinker around with it. And then they think, oh, music, like I could play. They'll see a saxophone and think, well, I could play that. We have a piano. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah, like you become yeah. familiar with an instrument. Maybe not that specific instrument, but cello seems pretty specific. Pretty, yeah, right. And I, I don't know. Like, I guess you think he just saw someone. I have no idea. It's it's pretty. He's a, he's pretty. You know, he, he's a smart guy, and I think he must have just. He's quite prodigious, really. He was just I guess saw someone play it and really really wanted to play it, and then and then she got in lessons and kind of made him. I think that was she definitely made us stick with it when we didn't want to do it so much yeah. like, not like forcing us to but just you know being like well you've got to if you, you want to do it you've got to do 10 minutes every morning or something you know? see that's an interesting 
we're dealing with that now. It's like, like my son goes to lessons and then we try to say, you know, we say, you should practice. And he likes to play, but sometimes he's just like, well, I don't really feel like practicing. And it's like, how much do you, with music, it's like, how much do you push? But you don't want to make it a chore because mm. part of the mu- allure of music is the freedom of it. Especially when you start, you know, navigating towards the rock and roll end of the river as opposed to like classical or, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, how, how yeah. you don't want to push too far into the sort of formal side of, or at least that's my impression. I never, I never had a lesson. You know, I think I took a piano lesson from this really creepy guy when I was growing up. <laughs> and I was like, I did not want to play piano. That turned me off. Mm-hmm. And then when band came up in, in school, you know, it was like, do you, what instrument you could play an instrument? And I, I, for some reason I wanted to play saxophone. So I, but I taught myself, I think I took a couple lessons, but, not really. Glad you played. Yeah, that's a, that was my first real instrument, and that's I played in band and, you know, but wow, it's that's you don't cool. you know guitar for me was the instrument when I was in junior high school that was like cool because it's not a lesson, it's not band, this is like where you play something, raw and rough and you know like it's kind of like, outside the structure of of music and it's more free in a sense. Yeah, you would never find a guitar in a. In an orchestra, in a, an orchestral situation, right. in in that way, playing but, ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> but playing the saxophone, saxophone is tricky because because yeah, guitar you can just sit and play it with saxophone. You've got to have strong lips. You've got to like get your technique down for the read, and and it's loud. You know, it's really loud, and it sounds really bad if you play it oh, yeah. badly. It's, it's like, like a dying goose. Yeah, when you play it. <laughs> like, yeah, the embouchure, yeah. like you're always working on that. You know, your, yeah, yeah, your positioning of your mouth and. So yeah, that's a really difficult one to to stick with, because yeah. you you know being able to practice it, it's like being able having to practice like trumpet or something. Like yeah, you can't just sit there in your room and get the get the hang of the chords. You've actually got to disturb the neighbors. Yeah, and with right. well, you know what I used to do is jam a towel in the bell of the saxophone. <laughs> so I didn't have a mute. I don't have a mute for a saxophone that I know. Or maybe they do, but I didn't have one. So I would jam a towel in there, just, so I wouldn't offend anyone. But I think I got pretty, I got okay at it pretty quickly. But I, you know, I was never a virtuoso or anything. But but I still play it. Like I can still play it today. It's a fun instrument to play. And I learned bass clarinet too, which is basically the same thing as a saxophone. You can really. transfer them, of course. Yeah, it's the same yeah. same thing. I even played a little. My wife plays the flute, and um, I picked up her flute. And it's funny, you I could just kind of pick it up and play it. They always seem like a well, like a complete maze. Those um, fingering, like I, I, it, I have no idea how they work or all the different. See, I get that easily, and piano for me freaks me out. I can't do the left right hand thing at the same time well, whereas on a saxophone I can do it because it's making one note. Yeah. But on the piano, you're playing bass and you're playing like rhythm and lead at the same time, and my brain can't do it. <laughs> you know, I can't. It's a tricky one. Like I, yeah, that's one of the trickiest parts of like now na- na- nowadays I if I sit down and play the piano it'll, the bass will always just be doing the bass like just the root notes or something. Yeah. but like in the only situations in which I've had to do that kind of um, rubbing your tummy whilst, whilst tapping your head kind of yeah. thing is, is is playing in bands like playing with, in metronomy and stuff like having to be like okay stuff that's never supposed to be played together having to play two things at the same time it's yeah. really fun it's like really once you get it it's really cool yeah um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it, 
it is tough. I think I just it just looks like a, it's. I get kind of a bur- bur- brain freeze when I try to think about the different holes or what it. Yeah, but it's all the same for the flute and the saxophone and the clarinet. Yep, same, same sort of, same sort of thing. I mean, the flute's a little different, like the fingering on it, but the bass clarinet and the saxophone is this is the same. We didn't. Much. Yeah, it's funny how you, yeah we totally didn't get any of that. Never even suggested to me. Well, most parents don't want to jam like a horn in their household. You know, it's like drums. Yeah. No one wants their kid to play drums in the house. I mean, you're just going to be listening to that racket. Even if they are good, which is going to take a while, there's a yeah. commitment there. You're going to be listening to a lot of loud noise, <laughs> arrhythmic noise for a while, probably. Yeah. You know, but... We yeah. did. Well, I mean, he... Yeah, Gabriel played the drums as well. I mean, we... Yeah. We, we played the same instruments apart from I didn't play, play, play the cello, but he was... Yeah, he was playing the drums. Um, in the house, I remember there being a drum, drum kit around, um, which, yeah... So you guys had a drum kit? Yeah, drum kit in the house, yeah. Did you have, like, a music room that was, no, like, soundproofed? Just, no, I'm remembering that the drum kit was, like, in the living room of this house that we had or something at some point. It was very... Really nice neighbours. I think, <laughs> actually, this particular house we moved into when we moved to... Because to I was born in Reading, which is this quite boring town outside of London, actually, mm-hmm. where, where, the, where the UK version of the office is set. And uh, and then we moved to Dev when I was six, and my brother with the first one of the first places we we lived was this kind of like barn converted barn thing. We lived Mm -hmm. there like six months. We actually didn't have any any neighbors. It was on a farm, so it was detached. So it was actually perfect. I think that's probably why the drum kit was there. You weren't disturbing the neighbors. No, that's that's pretty good. No, it's really good. Yeah, and we actually when when I was doing these when we were doing these demos, my brother and I was playing drums like when I was eighteen or something. That was in the garage. It was like a proper kind of like garage band yeah. kind of thing. That was in, yeah, that wasn't soundproof, but again, people, I guess people didn't mind. People had always been quite... Tolerant. Yeah, tolerant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did, did always fantasize about the American thing of having like a massive, having like a detached house with like a... Sound room. Garage. And then you can, or like... Oh, or, yeah. Or like a separate, yeah, separate music room or something. Yeah, my, the band I was in in high school, we had a garage that we would practice in. For a little, and then the drummer, their parents were so kind because they made like a band room that was soundproofed, and his drums, he was a you know, drummer, so oh, wow. it was t- small, we were packed in there, but it was soundproofed. That's pretty weird. But it was, it was, you know, maybe like 12 foot by 14 foot, so it was pretty small. We were all just kind of crammed in there. Yeah. Three guitars, bass, and drums. That's all you need, though. And, well, and earplugs. And earplugs, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, my my friend Luke, who I was always best with, had like his parents were really on that, and yeah, he had like a drum room and music room and stuff. That was really, really cool. Well, we that band that I was in, we were really into My Bloody Valentine. Oh yeah. Yeah, Ride and Blur and you know, well actually the early like Slow Dive, My Bloody Valentine, yeah, that kind of shoegazer yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it got really loud. <laughs> That's that sounds great. I mean, uh, yeah, I had a massive. Night of the Valentine phase and slow dive. And me and my friend were really. It was a point when yeah, slow dive. It was nice to see slow dive get kind of a recognition recently because yeah. they were really. They were great. It was so good. That that album, um, Super Lucky was so good. Yeah, it was really. There's nothing. There's been nothing like that genre of music I think since. It was like almost ambient, but with this really distorted, loud. It was like the the loudest quiet music there is. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, like the singing was kind of melodic and soft, and but it was really just a wall of sound at the same time. Like Lush. I, I saw a s- slow dive, I believe, with Lush and Ride together on a tour. It was a really good show. Package tour. Yeah. Wow, they came to the States and everything. Oh, yeah. We had followed them because I lived in Pittsburgh at that time and I saw them in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia. So we would three nights in a row travel to see them. Wow. Yeah, we were committed. Well, they didn't come around much. No, of course. You know. I mean, that would, oh God, it's so like cool. the Stone Roses. I, I traveled. I remember going to D.C. when I was really young. You know, because when you're young, traveling is a bigger deal, you know. We all went to D.C. to see them play because they, they never went on tour in the States. It was a rarity. I can see. Yeah, I think they didn't tour much, really. That's so cool. But just being... Yeah, like uh, I'm thinking of Lush. I was I was I was into, but they're more like Lush. Lush for me seemed more more like precursors of like Blur. Yeah. Or like if falling in with that, and then like Ride seemed more like Oasisy. Yeah. Almost, and then So Dive were definitely of the that they were for me the the true, you know, heirs to my Bloody Valentine's. Yeah. You know, probably around the same time. And Swerve Driver, we were really into too. Remember them? Uh, yeah, I never really listened to them, but yeah. We were really into that stuff. That's cool. I'm glad it never made an impression over here yeah. at that point. It did. We were, you know, that's where I familiarized myself with the British lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> Having that, but like reading New Music Express all the time. Like, what is, I don't understand what this means. What's knackered? You know, like stuff like that. You know? And so I, that's how I learned through my Britpop phase. <laughs> Did you get that over here? Yeah. Enemy. Yeah. We got it uh, when I was in Pittsburgh. There was a record shop on Carson Street on the south side that had a lot of good music and NME and, you know, lots of that stuff. And the Primal Scream was getting really huge at that point and the Verve and stuff like that. So I think there was, you know, it was getting in there to the record shops back when they, they used to have these things called record stores. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like a hub for the community. And they were huge. You know, like this one was a giant record store. It's amazing. I think they used to have shows too, like in stores and stuff. Very cool. So, yeah, back in the day. We, yeah, we we didn't, well, we didn't have any cool record shops. We had a massive Virgin Mega store that I oh, yeah. buy, buy CDs from. It wasn't, was never that cool. Yeah, CDs. <laughs> <laughs> So what are you working on now? You writing some new stuff? Yeah, making some new stuff. I kind of have got a load of. I brought. I'm. I'm. I'm here in New York. Yeah. New York City, for. Uh, Brooklyn to be specific. Brooklyn to be specific, of course. <laughs> uh, for the next few months, and I've yeah I brought over a. An insanely heavy cargo of equipment, which yeah. I've been. Which I whittled down, but which I've been using a bit, and I, I just wanted to kind of, yeah, I've got like a, I just want to mess around really, and like, um, sp- spend some time making. St- well, I've got like, for instance, like we've got some. Me and Lena started a track that I'd like to finish. And mm-hmm. I've been doing bits and pieces with other people, uh, and I want to, yeah, just like have a play really I, I was I started making some music in August and then got really bit busy with different kind of, kind of, kind of touring um, which was based around get, getting a digital light track and not 
computer that you not you using the computer and logic and stuff and just yeah. kind of just trying to having to make stuff having to record stuff in one go and all that kind of thing a little more raw a little yeah a little more raw and, and not not having not being able to edit stuff in the same way and also not having the visual things like because music is quite visual now when you're, it is. When you're making it in that yeah. way which is kind of cool but also it can be quite distracting also the fact that you're on a computer which is as you say it's like as soon as you get an email or something then you, it's distracting it's really distracting so yeah I've, I've got that with, with, with me here again so I think I might try and do that but more with um, yeah I'm not, I'm not really sure I'm just going to see it I'm going to see how it goes but I, I, I need to I, I, I want to have like a good amount of stuff written by March like, are you going to play out at all while you're here? I'd like to. I feel I feel a bit like it's a bit naughty, but I think I can just do it, right? Yeah. Do a coffee shop set somewhere, <laughs> or like <laughs> a, some unplugged I door. Of, of I, I could I could definitely I could play a show. Um, I mean, I could play a. I don't know really. I could try to want to. I would love. I really want to play in the states, probably. And I, I think the only way of getting a booking agent really is to play a sh- play is to have someone see you play and then like a showcase. Really. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, just maybe. I think a support would be good, like supporting somebody cool. Yeah. But maybe there's a there's a way I could make make that happen. So. Yeah. Yeah, it would definitely make sense. It'd be it'd be a wasted opportunity not to. So. Yeah. Hopefully. Now, did that equipment come carry on? Uh, what like? It had to, right? Carry on. Like like, on the plane. Well, no. Well, this the move keyboard that 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 went went in a hold. Yeah. Um, in my, I've got like a flight case for it. Okay. Um, I was gonna say, how? <laughs> and it survives. I turned it on and it works, which oh, is good. Yeah, that's which I didn't good. think it would. Actually. Did you get insurance before? You I did. Genuinely yeah. did. Yeah. It's I, a move. I, everything's insured. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I brought like yeah, I brought the move. I brought um, I've got this Yamaha TX7, mm-hmm. which is basically the DX7 brain. It's like it's nothing. It's like the size of a hardback book. Mm-hmm. Weighs like. 1.5 kilograms or something um, which is great so I brought that along I uh, brought um, a couple of pedals um, I've actually ordered I've started at some point today an NPC 2000 should be ta- oh, nice. standing up that's going to be fun which is going to be really fun yeah who needs the computer when you got toys like that well, exactly yeah exactly yeah. when you got big boys toys and those are I, I love whenever you go see someone play too and they've got like that stuff nice analog visual because they're visual too you know there's lights and they are kind of fun to, to look at yeah I mean yeah people I was thinking that because like, oh, I've got this drum tracks drum, drum machine as well which is great mm-hmm. I was like oh like if I did, did a show I could take all that stuff but we were actually I was using the Moog I was going to use the Moog Source at this headline show we used in London in September and I was using it throughout the rehearsals and then when it was like the final rehearsal something happened to it and it, I don't know whether it overheated or something but it just went it gave up mad it gave up and I was <laughs> like uh oh so then I borrowed a friend's Moog uh, like a sub fatty or something which is like one of the newer yeah. ones which yeah. is actually great like I definitely when, when we play shows again I definitely consider buying one of those because they're actually quite cheap and, they're, and they work they're stable yeah, yeah. And they're, they're still analog and they sound good um, so I ended up using that as a source yeah. stayed at home but um but yeah, I, I I was thinking about that. It's just the it can be very tricky. I think I was also once you get it sounds it seems great in principle, and then once you get on stage, you just think I really could have just made this a lot 
teasing myself like it doesn't matter no one cares the <laughs> right, fact that I've got this people care more about the fact that I'm now late for my sound check yeah, or that I'm late going on stage because this isn't working than <laughs> me using a right. drum tracks you yeah. know, with it. but uh, but yeah I've, I've basically I've got some toys I'm also gonna I really want to go to um, have you ever been to a place called Three Wave Music no um, it's in New, it's in New Jersey somewhere um, Three Wave Three Wave it's a uh, it's this like synth uh, warehouse where they just have all this vintage gear and it's like it just looks amazing it's like a big place um, I don't know what the prices are like but it's probably these places are normally quite expensive astronomical yeah but yeah there's just always seem to be a markup when you go to a place that has those synths like rather than buying them off a person right they know what they have I think that's probably yeah. it yeah um, but you can still I mean you can go and play them I think yeah. so I really want to go there and just like have a play yeah because I've, I've got a bit of budget to that I've allowed myself I've, I sold a bit of stuff in London basically which I yeah I'm looking at like oh my god another like Replace cool that. synth or something just something to mess around on so yeah I'm just yeah I hope I, I, I hope it's going to be fun messing around time cool well um where can pe- do you want to let people know where they can find all your music and all your projects oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Nazca Lines, it's spelled N-Z-C-A, Lines, mm-hmm. which you know if you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you can find me on Spotify, both both album one and album two are on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You know, you can obviously on the normal places, you can search on YouTube uh, for our videos. Um, Facebook, you post a lot of stuff on there too. Facebook, right? I post stuff on, yeah, I just posted up um, this, we did this really cool um, audio-visual show in September which which was a attempt to have these kind of cinematic visuals along with the music whilst we played live in a non uh fractally visual way yeah. as we were discussing off, <laughs> off 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 the record yeah yeah so there's because this the music's kind of supposed to have this cinematic um conceptually driven angle to it this this was meant to give you more of an immersive uh, live experience mm-hmm. Um, so we've got, I've, I'm going to be releasing more of those, uh, more of that content in January. But nice. I just uploaded this video for a song called Dark Horizon. That I really like. So yeah, if you look on Facebook, there's a bunch of stuff. Instagram, all the normal places. Mm-hmm. I've got a nice website. Nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just you know. And then Metronomy, if people are into Metronomy, of course. And the, yeah, the, thank you. Yeah, so if people it's like Metronomy, yeah, uh, I was yeah well. I was playing with him for the Love Letters tour, so I'll be in any live. I know I'm, I'm, I'm on that, that album. And he's, he released a new album this year, which will be I'm going to be touring with him next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should also check out Christine and the Queens, who's yeah. making waves over here now. Yeah. And I played on that album. A lot of my synths and stuff were on that record. Nice. Um, and I was playing with her live uh, most recently when they did an American tour in October, so... If you saw any of those shows, I would have been. Pl- I was playing playing guitar and bass. It's a lot of pots on the stove. Yeah, and most importantly, people can listen to you on the intro of every Sound and Vision. Oh podcast. yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. that yeah, I'm. I introduce. I'm the voice of Sound, Sound and Vision. <laughs> You're listening to Sound and Vision. Sound and Vision. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that song is is our that song that starts it is the beginning of our track Two Hearts. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a it's a banger. Yeah, cool. Well, it was good to finally do this. Yeah, and, took, took and long enough. Speak with microphones in front of our faces. Yeah, I feel like I don't know at what point this start this starts. Is this gonna cut, cut into us just 
speaking about I don't know things. there's so never a real official start just it's faded in infinity loop <laughs> great <laughs> well right. thanks for having me thanks a lot <laughs>